0: Hello.
1: <laughs> two t- two chat. Two chat two. Industry. T- Industry. <clears throat> Industry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Industry. <laughs> Industry.
0: Tactics. Hi and welcome back to the podcast Industry Tactics. Friendly Rich here and happy to have you back. Uh we're digging into the impact that Doug Friesen has had on music in Canada, notably in the city of Toronto. And around music education, all of the people that he taught uh, at at Rosedale Heights School of the Arts. So this is episode 86, a, a conversation I had with Anaïs Kelsey Verdeckia, uh soprano, and um, and and we we get into it. We talk about uh, she studied one year with Doug, one pivotal year, and it blew up into over 10 years. Of informal learning and musicianship and friendship. So, a beautiful story links into music uh, by um, Murray Schaefer and uh, and Anais's uh, wild experiences in Halliburton doing Schaefer's Wolf Project. So, check it out. This is episode 86 with Anais Kelsey Verdecia. <laughs> Kelsey Verdeckia, here we go. Welcome to Industry Tactics.
2: Thank you so much, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, Um, so you're part of our ongoing uh, spirit quest to understand the work and the impact of one said Doug Friesen. Can you um, kind of start the conversation around, when you went to Rosedale Heights and your first kind of memories of, of kind of meeting Doug and, and learning from him?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, so I originally went to Rosedale. I was a tuba player and uh, played some piano and uh, liked to sing, but I hadn't really done it too seriously and when I got to Rosedale that that and tuba became sort of my main, my primary focus. Um,
0: That's a great um, diet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so when I was in grade 11, and at that point, pretty much half of my timetable was music, and uh, mm. I decided I wanted to take composition. I'd never had a class with Doug, but um, I had a lot of friends who had taken his, like, beginner band class and had a great time. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect when I signed up for his class. like as a classically trained um, pianist and tuba player and now singer, uh, my understanding of composition was something pretty rigid and something um, fairly prescribed, I guess. There was nice. pretty clear ideas of what I was going to be doing. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to win at this. I'm going to be the best at this.
1: Yeah.
2: And Then Doug was like, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> you know uh threw me for a loop a little bit but um yeah so i took his class in grade 11 only actually had him for the one year because that was the last year he was at rosedale and then oh
0: wow oh
2: To go to the board yeah
0: what a period so you 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 were there that's not that long ago is it or maybe it is no. actually uh,
2: about 10 years ago now so okay. Okay. The school wow. year was twenty uh, nine, two thousand nine, two thousand
0: ten. That's right. That's right. I remember yeah. that. Like it was a meal ago. So, so, mm-hmm. so you were there, Doug's last last year. Um, yeah. That was your grade eleven. And how did he bust it open for you? Like, how did he remove that notion of uh, music as this prescribed thing that you can only do this way? Well.
2: It was really, what I remember sort of the most clearly is being shown how to listen to non-musical sounds. Mm -hmm. And that for me was brand new. Um, And I mean, I'm sure lots of people have talked about the games, like the games that he will play in class. Um, I, and he still laughs about this now because I still hate most games. I've learned to right? love. Yeah, because because I want to do I want to do it right. Like if I'm gonna do something, I want to do it right. That's where my like classical training is like okay. very in my head. I'm like, yeah, I can do this correctly. Like there is a right way and a wrong way to do this. And Doug, Doug's class basically was like, no, Questions
0: there isn't. Matt. Right, yeah. right. So so you, when you say you hate games, I've, I've not heard that kind of passion ever. Uh, well, like, What's a game that you really can't stand? Are you talking like like Monopoly or uh, Settlers no, of Catan? I can't stand that game.
2: Never played Catan because I... Pretty be good. Yeah, I just think no I would at it. Yeah.
0: Although um, maybe not, maybe you would love it because the, the reason I hate Settlers of Catan, and I'm sure this is not even what you meant, but let's get into it. Um, (laughs) is the rules in Catan bother me much like some of the rules of say of some of these games like Cobra the first time I played Cobra those rules kind of I I I I resented them as well I thought I thought I didn't spend all these years my first the first time I ever played Cobra I didn't spend all these years learning the rules of music to now have to learn this other thing and I I don't know it, it that that's definitely not how I've felt about cobra since, because when you see it done right, you that it's liberating, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that that was a real, uh, I guess, struggle for me in in the beginning yeah. of my like year with uh, in dub's class was like, well, but I already know the rules and I'm really good at uh-huh. that way, like
0: getting music out of this piece of music or the right yeah. or sque- squeezing music yeah. out of this piece of paper, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Like yeah. that. And, yeah. you know, um, mm. yeah. So it was a really, it was a really trying period musically <laughs> for me, because I was being kind of, kind of dragged out of this little shell that I'd built for myself. Um, yeah. And I still I still struggle with that. It's something that like every time I go back to play games with anyone, if whether it's or to improvise with people,
0: yeah. Like
2: whether it's with a, a class that I'm teaching or just friends improvising or like I saw Doug a little while ago and, and a couple mm-hmm. other people and we like did some sound games in a park, and there's always a part of my brain that's like, You're gonna do it wrong. You're gonna do it wrong. Oh. And Doug I think that that first year with Doug gave me the tools to start to dismiss that voice. Yeah. And move past that place of, like, Nice. you're doing it wrong. There's a right and a wrong way to do it. And and move oh, to a more, just like, mindful music making and
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. openness and listening, which I think is, like, hugely important and what has, like, completely influenced my entire musical and non-musical life, really, at Great.
0: this point. Yeah. Great. I love that. I love the sound of all that, um, Anaïs Kut, because I think it's so important to... And if you got that in grade 11, like, yeah, sure, you were pretty figured out by grade 11, I, I guess, but, like, not not too late, definitely not too no, late. No, for yeah. sure. Right? But, yeah. but I understand that sentiment of, like, growing up in a very kind of structured, as a musician, uh, I would assume, in a, in a structured mm-hmm. kind of classical model, how Doug's approach breaks that open and and it's so interesting hearing that you still might have that in the back of your mind that um that anxiety that I think a lot of classical music musicians will will carry that sense of like not um not having it or I don't know like just just being a little like insecure on that end I think Absolutely. that's totally for me that feels that's like my um my standing uh state uh and i don't know why that is i i, I just think it is, it is a fascinating thing when it comes to classical and all the other ways of, of getting there right yeah yeah
2: absolutely. what is
0: it about classical music that i mean the the n- not necessarily say the some of the experimentalists in classical but what is it about the uh you know the standard fare i guess of classical music that that doesn't breed a lot of I, I don't. I don't want to generalize on this, but like, do those rules of classical become so? Um, are they confining in a way? Like,
2: I think so. I think that a lot of classical music education, especially for young young musicians, mm-hmm. is built around um, the ideal sound, which is really uh, mechanical. Like they just yeah. What they want is to turn you into a perfect little orchestral player, which is someone who can look at the page and perfectly execute, you know, time, dynamics, pitch. Yeah. Just do it right. Yeah. And uh, I think that that mentality really crushes a lot of sort of more um, creative or sensitive classical classically trained musicians because um, it's really just yeah, they they put you in the cage and then they. Mm. Try to try to make you love it. Like try to convince you that it's art and that you're supposed to love it in there. Um, I like that. Which is really, and some people do thrive there. Like some people. Sure. I, like I, I love classical music. Like yeah, you know, Mozart makes me cry. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to tear down anybody yeah. here, but uh, but I do think that the the institution of of like classical music learning, whatever you want to call that, um, yeah. is pretty flawed in its approach to like actual individuals becoming artists. And it's more about, it's more about training you to be a perfect little execution, you know, <laughs> like-
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. little soldier, yeah. Ah, and that correlation, right? You said soldier, right? <laughs> that's uh yeah, yeah. um yeah it, it does feel like there's a with the kind of the classical path that we know so many that that have gone through um mm-hmm. that there is sort of a, a giving away of yourself a, li- a little bit or uh or i this is gonna sound wrong too like a like a bit of a mindless like like you can't i don't know that 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 did sound wrong it takes a lot of mind to 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 get there and do that. It's just a different discipline altogether, right? Yeah, for sure. And but so you so you still to this day, like ten some odd years after being out of Rosedale, will get together with Doug and play a game that you already said you don't like games, but you'll play games in the park socially yeah. distanced with Doug.
2: Yeah, I'll do those because they feel they feel like. That feels like, you know, the way therapy hurts, but you know, it's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how those games feel to me. It's like, cool. if I go too long without seeing Doug or without like improvising with people in that yeah. place of play, I get that like, that kind of shell builds up again. Yeah. And then I have, to, I have to find some way to find, find the like enjoyment and, and exploration in music again, which I find... Those games are just so perfect for. It's
0: refreshing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, are there a lot of people from Rosedale that you still keep in touch with? Like, would would some of your old colleagues or old classmates have been in the park uh, just recently? Um,
2: yeah. So the most recent time was just five of us. So me and Doug, my friend uh, Addie Beach, who I don't know if you've spoken to her yet. She's a- she's on my list. Yeah, she's a music teacher. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Evan Cartwright. Yeah. And- Leland Woody. Um, oh, yeah,
0: great.
2: Which was awesome. They're great people. They were a couple years older than me at Rosedale. Okay. Uh, so we only I only crossed over with Leland for one year and Evan okay. for two. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we all, we all played in the, the big band together at, at Rosedale. And uh, so I knew them a little bit from then and see them every once in a while. But, that's
0: beautiful. That's be- yeah. really great. No, I, I think of how real it is that and that's really the, the testament here is that you still keep these relationships and they're still all colleagues and including Doug in the foreground for that one, for that statement. Yeah. That's, that's something special and unique. I really think that's, that's not happening with most, you know, with all, let's say all music teachers in, in, in this, in this neighborhood.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something, speaks to something really incredible that he was doing with us at that time.
0: and uh doug also mentioned that you so so what can you kind of give the listeners uh why don't we cut to some of your music to give some of the listeners i'd like to hear more from you in terms of like what your your practice is and and how you've made a career of it like since leaving rosedale so why don't we why don't we set that conversation up with a a piece that uh if you want to introduce it please please do so
2: sure um well, yeah, I guess uh, the first piece I can share is um, a piece that I would never have discovered if it wasn't for Doug. It's mm-hmm. uh, Obad that was written by R. Marie Schaefer for the Wolf Project, also known as In uh, Wolf Shall Inherit the Moon, which is an annual immersive performance experience that happens in Halliburton mm-hmm. Forest, and it's uh, pretty pretty magical.
0: Exciting. So here it is now. Uh, what was the title again? The wo- and Obad. the Obad. Yeah, here it is, Obad. So that was uh, fantastic, and that's that's you singing in the Wolf Project.
2: Uh, well, not an actual recording from the Wolf Project, since there's no. Um,
0: okay. Yes. Yes.
2: But, but that, uh, that was
0: a field a field recording of you. Yeah,
2: You're that's out. a that's just a recording from my home studio, but. Awesome!
0: Um, awesome! Yeah. And um, tell me every last detail because I got to tell you, they invited me in. <sighs> uh to join I was I was slated to be a squeaver uh in the wolf project.
2: Okay.
0: Which is uh for our listeners, uh a, a half a squirrel, a half a beaver, and mm-hmm. all these animals and all of these different groups, but I i got cold feet because A, I don't camp. Well,
2: that's a big problem.
0: You know, and B, I don't camp with strangers. Uh so, uh, yeah, deep in the forest, but so like you having lived this and ex- experienced this, please share what you can, because I know that some of it's probably top secret. Uh, wh- how many years did you do this Wolf Project with Murray Schaefer?
2: Uh, well, so I was actually only able to attend one year, and I'm going back this year, so you it'll are? be my
0: second year. Oh yeah, my gosh, I'm oh my gosh. So
2: excited. Oh. It's going to be a little bit of a of a different experience this year, for sure. Um,
0: yeah, with the COVID.
2: We, yeah, we have to uh, we have to distance. It'll be a smaller group. Okay. Um.
0: Wow. Yeah, How
2: but Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, please.
2: Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I had heard about the Wolf Project from a few people. One a, a soprano whose work I really um admire and whose sort of career I've been followed in Toronto um I knew was involved in the project so I chatted with her a little bit about her involvement with Schaefer and um
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: Brooke uh Brooke Dufton I don't know if you know her but okay she's amazing. Um, and and
0: you had obviously known of Schaefer's work through grade 11 or yeah or through yeah okay
2: uh, earlier than that because my my dad always was into kooky music and he would Great. play stuff with was like what is this Awesome. Um, so I had heard of Shaper, and then Doug really uh, sort of introduced me to a lot of his, more of his, like, pedagogical side rather than his yeah composition, uh, yeah. which was really interesting. And yeah, so the Wolf Project came about, um, I was visiting Murray and Eleanor with Doug
1: mm-hmm.
2: in May, I guess, like, four years ago, maybe, 2016, or something like that, mm-hmm. and... Eleanor and I were chatting about music because Eleanor obviously is yeah. an extremely accomplished mezzo and uh, I have had the enormous pleasure of hanging out with her and singing with her and um, yeah, it's it just been an incredible
0: that's pleasure actual, for me. To get to wow, that's so great to hear.
2: Yeah, it's really, really incredible. Um, just wonderful people. But yeah, so we were, we were talking about uh, what roles I've sung, you know, what what roles I'd like to sing. And she asked, have you ever sung princess, uh, Mm -hmm. from, well, and I said, no. Um, so she brought me up a score and we were talking about it and, and she said, you should do it. You should just, you should email Peg and Neil who are two Mm -hmm. uh, long time. Yeah. Turtles, um, two long time participants in the project and you should email them and, and you should go this year and you should understudy princess. Um, and that was basically it. I didn't really know very much wow. else about it. I just went, wow. okay, cool, sounds good, thanks, Eleanor. Like, <laughs> I guess I'll, wow. I guess I'll go. So then I, um, I did,
0: yeah. And so was Doug there too? Did Doug? Has Doug done it? I think Doug's done it, right?
2: Doug's done it only once. Uh, so not the same year. No, he went a few years before I was there. Um, so I went, not really knowing anybody i oh, mean wow I knew, I knew peg and neil and i met them i knew them already sort of through people and um okay. and i went and had lunch with them to talk about the project and like get an idea of what the heck i was getting myself into yeah um
0: very daring
2: yeah so and then i don't know how much you know about the logistics of it, but there are two campsites, basically. One being Squeaver, which is where you would have been, which is the sort of four of the... We're all split up into groups for the purposes of, like, the projects and the final performance. So four of the groups are over in Squeaver, and the other four are where I was. So I wasn't with Peg and Neil. I was, like, okay. completely with just a whole new bunch of people. Um, and the way... I just remember it felt like a camping trip for the first.
0: Yeah, how it's two weeks? Is it two weeks? No.
2: No, it's it's eight days. Eight days. Okay. Yeah, so we go in on a Saturday and we leave on a Sunday, and so the day we got there, it was raining. Mm -hmm. Um, We everyone sort of parks at the Halliburton, like I guess where the visitor center is, and then you downsize into a few vehicles to go. To the landing where you get the canoes and then you canoe and portage into where you're actually camping and uh so we we're doing that the rain starts coming down you're packing everything into bare barrels and like building a canoe raft to carry all these barrels across the lake and uh yeah yeah and finally after like four or five hours of packing things away you get in a canoe and you head over and uh The experience sort of starts there, I would say, at the landing, like meeting all these people and seeing them in like an almost normal context.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And there's this kind of magical thing that happens. You get across the water Yeah. and uh, it's always a little bit of a performance and always a little bit you are always a little bit of an actor and always a little bit of an audience member.
3: Uh-huh. And
2: it's just an intensely, I mean, it's, I'm not going to call it spiritual because I think there mm-hmm. are a lot of like issues with Wolf around like, it's a 30 year old project. There's some cultural appropriation issues there. That's been talked about a lot. Like,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not it, of the inner workings of it, but I do yeah. know that it's it's it's, it's just, my impression of it is that it's such an ambitious and 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 strange. I mean, in terms of practice, like it's colliding with like yeah, like you like you outlined, like performance, your audience, your it's it. Did it feel like it was a restful experience, or were, were you constantly on?
2: Both. Definitely both. I mean, it wasn't restful physically. It was a lot of work yeah. um, and I was not an experienced camper and it rained for the first three days that I was there. So my tent was soaked. All my things were wet. Um, I was freezing cold. I was covered in bug bites. Okay. Um, that So there was that side of it. And then there was the mm-hmm. other side where I was in the woods with 15 other people some of whom are musicians and some of whom aren't, but we're all practicing this really active and mindful listening all the time together. And it was just a really incredible sense of community. And like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going back. So that says it all to me that it wasn't that, that it was, I think I, I think I understand what you mean when you say that it was, it was, it was, spiritual like it sounds like it was It was pretty pretty life-changing helped shape a lot of your your ideas Absolutely. and it and it also just in, in in where it sits in in murray's work is also really interesting because it's this like offshoot of a like let alone what you were mentioning with his the pedagogical stuff that he's worked on through his life but also like all of his his it's it's, it's kind of this like it, it's not published, is it? It's it's this, like, offshoot kind of, like... Yeah,
2: not, not really. It, it's a really
0: yeah. strange but interesting, like, tradition that it, it has become, like, 30-some-odd years of doing this yeah. or whatever. It's... Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating to me, like... Um, and, yeah, yeah, I was getting into... Like, it definitely felt... Um, I dare, dare I say, for me, it felt a little... It didn't feel comfortable enough for me to commit. Like, I, I thought... I'm going to admire this from afar, but I don't think I can go in. I don't know. There was something about it that just, um, yeah, you know what it is? It's a fear as you're learning in this podcast of, of staying quiet. Like, I don't actually think I would be, I think I would lose it out there. If like everyone, like 30 people having to not talk for the first three hours of the day, I would be throwing shit at, at humans. Well,
2: it's not quite that long.
0: Okay. Good. Good.
2: Not three hours. It's usually, I would say, like max an hour.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good luck. I mean, uh, it's something I could strive t- towards, right?
1: Yeah. An totally. Hour
0: of silence, we should all be able to. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, I could probably could interview you forever on that subject alone on the Wolf Project, but
2: yeah, um, <laughs> pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And so that, that that left a real, it sounds like it made a real impression on you.
2: It really did. Um, hmm. Yeah, on a number of levels. I mean, uh, musically and in terms of listening, it was really important for me and to, to perform and hear music in that kind of raw natural setting when I yeah. come from a person that is so married to these Um, these, you know, concert halls and, and churches that are, that are built specifically to create the perfect sound. Um, when you can just go to the woods and float Mm -hmm. in the middle of a lake and get the perfect sound.
1: Love
2: it. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of trippy to me, but, uh, Yeah. yeah. And then as a performer as well, like as an opera singer, It was really powerful to be able to just like embrace character in that way and and to be with these people who i didn't know at all so you yeah emotional vulnerability of being like okay we're in the woods like
1: Mm -hmm.
2: we all eat together sleep together swim together like yeah we're just together all the time now you know everything about me all of a sudden and Mm -hmm. And then to be able to perform for those people and to sort of let go of any sort of imagined restrictions that I had as a, as a performer. Lots of like, oh, well, what are they going to think if I, you know, and opera school is full of that because it's all... Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of problematic stuff with opera and, and women's bodies in performance for sure. Um, and Wolf really, really helped me to release a lot of those things and to sort of embrace my physical presence as a performer, and my wow. this physical presence on whatever this earthly plane without you know making it too New Agey.
1: You but, went there.
0: Uh, you did it. You I did went it. there. Oh, good. No. 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 Um, yeah. And, and so, so yeah. I mean. It, it once again talks about, similarly to the Doug, of course, in line with the influence of Doug in, in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your, like, where did you go after, this, we're going a little off, off-road here, but where did you go to, like, how, where did your studies take you, where does your career take you after you leave Rosedale?
2: Yeah, um, so I went straight from Rosedale to U of T, um, to the Faculty of Music for Classical Voice Performance. Okay. Um, did two years and then dropped out for a few years and then went back to finish my degree.
0: Holy smokes. I love the sound of all of that. Yeah, How did great. you you? Uh, I, I, I have a similar, I, I've led a similar life. So why uh, did you leave after the second year, if I, if I might ask? I did the exact same thing. Uh, wondering what? What led you yeah.
2: there? Um, I left because I was very deeply depressed,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: no one at U of T seemed able to offer me any support. Uh, I'm sorry and to hear musically, that. yeah, it was a it was a rough time. But they've like definitely improved since then. Like my last two years were much better. Um, they've definitely made some some steps in the right direction but at the time it felt really alienating and very um yeah yeah you know i felt like i was the only person experiencing that and uh you know i was used to being a straight a student and used to loving school and wanting to be there 12 hours a day and like
1: Mm -hmm. you know Mm
2: -hmm. then suddenly uh not caring about music and not being moved by music and not um wanting to make music was was like it was a real crisis of uh wow yeah my sense of self just completely dissolved really i didn't know what to do oh, I'm so. so
0: sorry to hear that i mean that's oh. they, in a lot of ways they they seem to do that well uh at times but i i don't know if it was if it, anyway i won't get into i don't want to bash the u of t but did, did are you finished did, were you able to finish after you went back
2: yes so I'm done
0: awesome. now. Have my degree
2: finally. Congratulations! Thank you very
0: much. And, and thank you for sharing that. I, I um, you know, I appreciate you opening up about that and um, yeah. and what that was like for you. You know, um, every everybody's path with education is so just unique and its own thing. You know, especially this acquiring this special thing that you have. You know, and just hearing about the Wolf Project in the middle of all that. So. If I could play that, like that trip in two thousand you said sixteen? Yeah. To to Murray and Eleanor's place and doing the Wolf project shortly thereafter. You're Mm. are you out of U of T by the time that happens, or are you still in the midst of all? Like does it kind of help you figure yourself out at U of T It
2: was definitely so the the trip happened between my third and fourth year at U of T. So it was awesome. after I moved back to school. So okay. that summer, school ended in April. I went to see Marie and Eleanor in May.
1: Yeah.
2: In July, I was in Italy for a month doing an opera program. So like really immersed in this like...
1: Mm-hmm. E-
2: like very... Like, yeah,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And, opera, and then being in Italy and just being like European and hanging out
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, being all glam all the time. And then I had eight days when I came home and then I did the wolf project.
0: Amazing. Um, Amazing. So it I was, just love that.
2: Yeah. It was an intensely transformative summer. It was like, and then I came back into fourth year and I was like, you know what? Fuck. I know exactly what I want to do. Like, this is my recital program. Here's how we're going to do it.
0: Um, wow. wow! This is awesome, That's and I had special. a fantastic Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's truly beautiful. I love you know I love the idea of um, and and granted I hear what you're saying about some of the ideas being a little antiquated or needing a rethink in in, in Schaefer's, <laughs> Schaefer's work, but um, yeah. I just love the idea of it colliding with your where you were at at that time and. Kind of changing the path. Like, I really like it's powerful mm-hmm. stuff. Like, they are they're, they're strange, outlandish, mind altering ideas, right? Of just Ooh, seeing yeah. it, seeing it, like this whole practice of making music in a completely different way, which is, I think, a, a lot of what Doug tries to bring to life in, in his classroom and in his work, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, the thing about that I don't think he would ever, he would feel very bashful if he heard me say this, but like his, his teaching and the work that we did there, it's, it was less, for me, it was less about like, just about music. And it was more about how do we interact with the world and how do we be humans in the world and be compassionate people? Like, yeah, yeah. Just even the idea of listening, had never really occurred to me in that way. And the second you start listening to your world, it's pretty impossible to go through it the same way. Right. Right. Like, I think in that way, a lot of us who were in that class with Doug were changed on a pretty, in a pretty fundamental way to to becoming more mindful and more um, connected.
0: That's not, that's,
2: that's, that's he, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. My internet connection is unstable. Uh, in fact, so am I. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll just say, I think, I think that is, it's so exciting and that's kind of what I'm wanting to, to explore with some of these interviews of the impact of education. Um, I love, you know, I obviously I obviously don't love the, 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 uh, the reason why you had to leave U of T, but I love the the way that ends for me of like, you know, kind of figuring it out and making sense of it, and um, and that's part of your story. And I just love, I love the the way Doug has changed your life. Like, I really, I think it's it's a this kind of thinking, and and that's where I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of hone in on it. Like, it it's it's super exciting to me. I know I know you could argue this about any teacher that that you. You loved, and you didn't spend a lot of time formally. If it was only grade eleven, but that's—it's mm-hmm. not about the the number of years, is it? I think it's really no, yeah. And
2: Doug is the kind of person where you know we're good friends now. I feel very yeah. very lucky.
0: Well, I was going to say it is about the number of years, and now it's over ten, right? So
2: yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah, and he has never stopped never stopped being a teacher to me and
1: mm-hmm.
2: mm. never stopped sort of encouraging me and showing me yeah showing me that there is another way and that there's another yeah that there's another option for music making and that like when i get all cynical and i'm like opera is dead like no one is gonna you know yeah. you know my career is over he's like actually like calm down. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's just breathe and think about what people are actually doing in the world and what we could be doing in the world.
0: And why we do it. And I think that's what like you're, you're, you're honing in on with the whole, like why we do this anyway, is like, it's bigger than the actual music. Right. And, um, that's really special to me. And are you, um, so where are you at now? Um, like, what are some of your goals as your, 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 Continuing to build your career.
2: That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I have. I definitely have a lot of projects I would like to get done. Um, I've been. I'm. Yeah, I've been working on a collection of songs for either unaccompanied voice or voice and small ensemble, mm-hmm. um, which are. Are very influenced by Schaefer's like Schaefer's way of writing for voice, which is very um, very idiomatic and very fluid. And uh, mm. I think he really just embraces the human voice as a as an instrument, and that that to me is something really unique. So I've been writing a lot with his his writing in mind, um, and I had. You know, plans to do a little showcase of that work, but, uh, obviously with the current climate, that's not happening anytime soon, right. but, um, I've been recording some of those pieces just at home, like, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. Sending them to friends and family who want to hear them and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's definitely been an interesting opportunity lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been working full time, but I do have a couple of days off a week now, which has been great because I've gotten back into playing piano and tuba and improvising and learning new repertoire and sort of that, right having that and curiosity about music again, which is pretty, is pretty great. So
0: oh, that's yeah. nice. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. yeah. And I hope, uh, I hope to hear some of, uh, of this, uh, of, of this work that you were mentioning for, um, for voice. Oh
1: yeah,
0: and when I guess it's it's tough to say when or how that will kind of take uh, take shape now, given the uncertain times we're in. But um, but I hope that you'll 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 you know get that get that accomplished. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, this has been, it's been a joy to get to know you and, and listen to how kind of all of this uh, shapes in your life, the influence of Doug and and of course, Murray um, and his work. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you like to end on? What do you have a a piece of music uh, that we can, that we can play or, um, or maybe even, yeah. yeah. Uh, A last memory of Doug, something, something related. I'm, or both,
2: or both. Um, yeah, I would be very. I'd be very happy to share one of the pieces that I've been working on. Um, Please. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just just thinking about it now. Um, yeah, I. So this is a piece I wrote for uh, Unaccompanied Voice. Um, it's on, on a text by D.H. Lawrence, which I, it's one of my favorite poems. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the poem's called Dog Tired and, um, yeah, I don't know how much, how much else I want to say, but, uh, yeah, it's one of my pieces.
0: Well, let it speak for itself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Real pleasure to speak with you, Anais. And, um, yeah, you take care of yourself and uh, and keep in touch. I really appreciate you being a part of this.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: So there it was, episode 86. Thanks again, Anais, for uh, for a wonderful interview. And just before we hear Dog Tired, this solo piece uh, for voice, um, you could learn more about the podcast at Industry Tactics on Twitter. Or go to my website, friendlyrich.com, for more info. Thank you again for listening. I can't believe it's been 86 episodes already. Dig into that back catalog. We're, uh, and we're pushing forward with more interviews, learning about this vast impact of Doug Friesen on Toronto music and music education in general. So thanks a lot for listening. Take care. Mm-hmm.